0: There's definitely a, a strong community of fashion in the DC area, the DMV in general. But for classic menswear, uh not so much. <laughs> so it was really just me finding my way, um, you know, as I went along. And this is like pre, you know, pre-suit supply really being like the place to go. Like the you know, just the suit was dead, dead, quote unquote, like in that in that <laughs> pocket of time um of me you know finding it and yeah it's definitely comical because the the suit can never die but that's like not saying hip-hop was dead like you say it's dead just to bring it back (laughs) i'm reg ferguson
1: and i'm a fashion consultant from new york city born and raised i've been helping men look fly for years and now i want to help you learn more about menswear the entrepreneurs the brands and top fashion tips on the fashion geek podcast I believe my love of clothing, style, and fashion started in the womb, (laughs) for real. My mother loved all of those things, and I believe that came from her parents, who were my grandparents. It's led me to where I am today. I didn't even know this, becoming a fashion consultant or a podcast host, could even become a business. What other paths can a love of fashion take you? yo this is reg ferguson fashion geek number one how are you welcome to the ride thank you so much for listening i'm a men's fashion consultant here in new york city and i help fashion challenge men go from confused to confident consider me a personal trainer for fashion if you ever found yourself staring out the closet and not knowing what to wear or if the idea of shopping for clothes makes you feel physically ill then this is a show for you. My goal with every episode is to help you learn about the people behind the brands and to help make looking good feel easy. If you ever want my help, email me at reg at for a consultation. If you have a friend who's looking up, who's looking to level up his fashion style wardrobe game, please share an episode with them while you're at it. If you dig the show, and haven't already left us a rating and review, please consider doing so now. Your shares, ratings, and reviews help us grow the show and help us get the best possible guest and help more men dress their best. Today, we're going to talk with Rashad Johnson of TAC Bespoke, who's in Washington, D.C., the district, and he and I are going to talk about something that the everyday man should be interested in. We're going to talk about bespoke tailoring, classic menswear, and beyond. Rashad in the building.
0: What's going on, man? man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. Are
1: you keeping safe out there?
0: Of course. Always have to stay safe, especially considering the times. How about yourself? How's New York treating you?
1: Uh, Well, you know, this is my home. Been here all my life. And uh, happy to be here. And my fingers are crossed every day, bro. I feel that. I get that (laughs) 100%. (laughs) So before we go into our topic, please tell us. So what do you do? So
0: what do you do? So So, uh, my name is Rashad Johnson. I am a Bespoke Tailor and fashion designer I run tack bespoke which is a fine luxury bespoke suiting and artisanal clothing company so we focus on bespoke and dibble to dabble a little bit with contemporary you know design silhouettes and garments things of that sort and we focus on the modern individual in their world of experience so that's a little bit about what I do and what I provide for the people very cool. And I know
1: you're down for the people, Rashad. We're going to talk about that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I met at the beginning of COVID.
0: Yes. Yes, we did. That well, time has flown by.
1: Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes,
0: yes. It waits for no one, bro. Two years It most and certainly change, doesn't. Bro. Yeah, it most certainly doesn't. Yeah, definitely top of uh, 2020. Yes. Wow, man, the time flies. (laughs) Yeah, look at that. So
1: our mutual friend in common is Oscar Torres.
0: Yeah, shout out to my guy, Oscar. That's a solid dude, man. Solid, solid dude. Absolutely. Of Los Torres Taylors,
1: who is a friend of the show. He's been on an episode. And I went to support him out in Harrison, New Jersey at a trunk show.
0: And that's when you and I met. Yes, yeah, that was a great trunk show, and that episode was great too. That was a gem. Definitely go back and listen to that, guys, if you haven't. Oh, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. Oh, wow, I, I did not expect that.
1: <laughs> uh, now I'm blushing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So we met there, and I remember you
0: admired my tote bag. Yes. Filson. Filson, I was going to say Hudson. Yes, Filson tote bag. It's funny that you mentioned that, too, because that is certainly something that I will be exploring more this year, which will be interesting, kind of dabbling more on the design side of of getting into just made-to-order pieces, you know, small leather goods. or That was a canvas bag, which I really liked because it still had a great quality and great hold to it i'm sorry i'm like design nerding out (laughs) but yes i I loved your bag and it was the music too you know reggie it was it was definitely a um a connection with music as we were just you know talking shop um just chatting about you know what we like and our interests it was definitely like the style obviously our common language for fashion and our taste for like that that great 90s rap that we had back in the day
1: Yes. Well, I I was hoping that would come up. So I'm blushing again <laughs> because I was the OG of that cypher. Oh, yes. True. Cypher. <laughs> so essentially, I was like, oh, you you don't understand. <laughs> it's back in the day.
0: These darn kids these days don't know. <laughs> oh,
1: this mumble rap, you- what the heck is this? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Did you ever check out those artists though, man? Bro, to be honest, I forget the names and I've been so embarrassed. So if you do remember the names, please I DM you. me because there was that one. And again, I can't even, I can't <laughs> even give you a clue, but I liked it. And I remember saying that to myself. I was like, man, I do not remember these names. They didn't write them down for me. No one DM me, but I thought of you on that tip. Because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think I brought this up, and then you elaborated, and the rest of the crew did, because you, all you guys are Zers, and mm-hmm. I'm an ex. Mm-hmm. So, my boy, uh, Corday. Yes. Right. That I was one I of had... the
0: first that came up to my mind, actually, as we started talking just now. Yeah, yeah. Corday is definitely one of them.
1: Right. So, I remembered that, because... Because he used to be what was it? YBN? YBN day
0: mm-hmm. And that's he what you got. Like,
1: one of you and you're like, yo, you gotta check out the YBN album. So I did. <laughs> so that I remembered. And I did. Yeah. And it's funny, when I listened to it, he was
0: the one who stood out in the crew. Because everyone of else course. I drifted.
1: I was like, oh, "This is a bunch
0: of garbage." Is really mm-hmm. Which is why he's he stood out in his zone and dropped the the YBN. You know, it all it all makes sense. And you know, he's a Maryland guy too. You know, so we we cut from a different cloth out here. I did not realize—no pun intended—I did not realize <laughs> that
1: he was from the DMV. Yeah, but yeah. And then actually, just recently, I checked out some of his back in the day videos. Mm. Um. Particularly on World Star and stuff, so I actually, I actually need to do it out. that. Yeah, look at that. See, ah,
0: <laughs> I'm current. You got me on that one exactly. That's the beauty of the internet.
1: <laughs> I checked out his uh, his tiny desk concert mm-hmm. recently yeah. as well. Bet you didn't check that out.
0: See, I'm I sleeping. haven't. I'm sleeping yeah. on my tiny desk too. I haven't on, been. Man. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> tiny desks. Yeah, so, it really is.
1: But yeah, you guys were like you said we were we were conversing on topics that we love. We were talking about mm-hmm. fashion. We were talking about rap, and uh, I really liked that you guys gave respect for back in the day. And uh, yeah, I mean that was that was totally cool. I did not realize that you were scanning my Filson zippered canvas tote with the leather accents. I <laughs> definitely I'm, was. But I'm flattered
0: because, you know <laughs> my is and I I'm get you leave it at that. <laughs> you know. No, my my design brain almost never turns off. Okay. And I think also <laughs> you had checked out my shoes.
1: Can't remember what yes. shoes I had on. I can't remember what it or was. I think I had boots on.
0: Yeah. I think I like a brown not quite a cognac, maybe like a brown, um, all leather boot, lace-up? Yeah, it was a Chelsea boot. Oh, it was a Chelsea. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, okay. It was a Chelsea. That's what I think. I don't <laughs> Who know. Knows? I don't
1: know, man. I was as fly as hell. That's all. So, <laughs> as you said. As you said. As, and as you were as well. So, Thank you, sir. So I like to do research of my guest. So I have a bunch of questions. And I think this is really interesting because... I like speaking with other individuals in this classic menswear game who are not from New York city mm, because I okay, feel cool. what you're doing clearly is related, but it's also varied. And hopefully you will convey to me and the listeners what's going on in DC, Maryland, Virginia, and just trying to understand, hey, well, you know, what's the clientele like out there, mm-hmm. you know, in comparison to here, and, you know, and just the rest of the country. So, what led you
0: to become a tailor? It was an accident. I like to say it was a beautiful accident. Um, throughout my youth, just throughout life, I've always been a creative individual. I just never really found an avenue to really focus that energy. Um, because I was never put in environments and not to get too philosophical about it, but I just wasn't in environments like art schools and things like that. Or the art programs I did take, I didn't also just take the self-exploration into that. So basically what happened after graduating high school, um, And going into college, I began to kind of explore fashion, especially having um, some of like my closest friends in college, like that first year, they were making clothes and they were just really into fashion. It was just unique because I didn't have friends like that at home who really took it that seriously. So it allowed me to take it more seriously because I saw proof in the pudding from people who weren't from where I was from. They were actually mostly from New York, actually, ironically. (laughs) Um, Where'd you go to school? I went to so I went to boarding school for high school in West Virginia, and I started college. I was at Hampton for about a year, and then I transferred back home, and I was at a community college out here in like Prince George's County because that's really where I'm from. Did you see? And then yeah, and then um, while I was there, because during that time I was kind of going back and forth between physical therapy or as I was starting this journey in fashion design and being self-taught going into fashion design. So like, while I was there, I was in limbo. Then eventually I was like, look, I'm doing this, found a school and transferred to, um, Stevenson, which is a small private university outside of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And that's where I studied fashion design. And I think when we met, I was probably in like my last semester. Um,
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: You're so yeah, was so
1: sh- <laughs> fresh out the
0: pack. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So that's that's the the academic background, and yeah, that kind of coincides with just like yeah, being self taught. Um, I wanted, I really just started tailoring for myself and just messing with things, just trying to figure it out, learning things, YouTube University, and then I, as I got really into it, I found a lot of forums of just like super, super, super archived tailoring um, books and just this network of individuals as well as um, having like mentors and then like studying other like alterationists and tailors and things like that. And just growing very, a very, very natural progression um, along the way because here in the States, especially here (laughs) in the DC area, there aren't many true bespoke tailors And even in New York, there's only a small handful. Right. So for me, I was like, this is something I just naturally like just really fell in love with because it just matched with me, like my vibe. I'm I'm a very old soul, but I still like fashion in general. So that's why I wanted to explore the two, explore tailoring as like my super, super specialty, so to speak. But then also go to design school to get that full lens of fashion design with men's wear, women's wear, uh, working with different materials, and all the things you learn in, in that, in that facet. So, so that, that's really what inspired me. So
1: you said really, you started really clothing yourself, so to speak, correct? Definitely. Yes. And being in that whole classic menswear realm, was that a direct pipeline from your family, like meaning specifically your dad or your uncles or cousins? Like, why Honestly, did you immediately go, hey, jacket, suit, pants, this is me? How did that how did that come
0: about? That's a great question. It was very natural. I, You know what it was? <clears throat> I did make this decision. As I, my brain and my my focus and kind of like my love for it was transitioning from like fashion as like a consumer just like a kid who just like loves streetwear and just loves like nice things mm-hmm. and started to understand the technicalities of it, I realized that tailoring isn't everything, and from there um, taking that and then also taking. I will say, like, being raised in a church. My grandmother, I would go to church with her, like, all the time. Um, So I was definitely raised in a church. So that kind of sensibility of feeling good in a suit was normal to me. It was familiar. In high school, I was at a college college preparatory boarding school, which used to be a military school. So it was a blazer and slacks every day, shirt tie every day. So that practice of... And then also just, I was always raised to just be, you know, have good presentation. Yep. So taking pride in classic menswear was already ingrained in me. And from there, I kind of just looked for ways to combine the two of classic menswear and then just menswear in general. And just what did I want my wardrobe to look like? Oh, I can make this a career. And then, oh, how do I find my way along this journey? And just figuring out as, a, as I went, because again, there's definitely a, a strong community of fashion in the D.C. area, the DMV in general, but for classic menswear, uh, not so much. <laughs> so it was really just me finding my way, um, you know, as I went along. And this is like pre, you know, pre-suit supply really being like the place to go. Like, the, you know, just the suit was dead, dead, quote unquote, like in that, in that <laughs> pocket of time. Um, of me, you know, finding it. And yeah, it's definitely comical because the the suit can never die. But that's like not saying hip hop was dead. Like you say, it's dead just to bring it back. (laughs) Right. But, um, that was just me just finding it, finding that path on my, on my own, you know? So suit supply?
1: do they have a store in Union Station? They have one in, uh, Georgetown. Oh, in Georgetown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's funny, you know, we talk about DC, and then just for the listeners, when Rashad and I say DMV, it is not for you to get your license.
0: <laughs> no, not at all.
1: It is Washington, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So we know DM, you know, we know DC, pardon me. We know D, D.C. is Chocolate mm-hmm. City. Yeah. And I also want to tie this in. You also go by a moniker of the <laughs> Afro Taylor. Yes, sir. So does your clientele exclusively look like it? You?
0: you know, it doesn't. <laughs> and I like it that way. It was really just, um, just doing something that was distinctive. Um, subliminally, you know, as African Americans and, you know, it's where like our hair is very important to our identity. A lot of the times. Absolutely. Um, so I knew that, you know, just being African American, but also just like people who may not realize that or know that about black culture, uh, the Afro is, is, you know, it's unforgettable. It's very distinctive and I very and I wear it always wear it in a very natural way. Um, so it's hard to forget. And that was just that was just to play on and just the Afro Taylor. Um Afro being, you know, what I wear. Also like coinciding with like, you know, Afrocentristic um my design aesthetic in a sense as well. And just being me, you know what I mean? Um I don't I never wanted it to make it so it was ostracizing for other people, and it hasn't so far, so that's been good. But, yeah, just doing something that I thought was clever and and distinctive. And also because another thing that that drives me, there's not a lot of people that look like me that are in fashion, classic menswear, practicing tailors. I could go down the list. Um, So, yeah, it was just something that was like, this is... You know, you got to be clever. You know how it is, Reggie. You got to have absolutely. something that just like that hits and I felt like absolutely. it hit, so I ran with it. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you, you see my tagline? <laughs> exactly. The name, name of my business.
0: Yeah, and well, it absolutely. makes sense. Everything's on brand.
1: I I try. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> intentional and and you know, if you're lucky enough, people remember. Right. So but this also means that you can never get a Caesar
0: now, Rashad. You can't. <laughs> and I was cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was already cool with it. This is like something I'll probably have forever, you know. Like
1: that's, lucky. that's how
0: it was. Yeah if, yeah, if I'm lucky. If I could be like Cornell West or something, you know. Right, right. Yeah, and it, it, it was funny because me growing my hair out coincided with my journey as a tailor, like as I was. Studying, it just happened to be like something that I was just like kind of reinventing myself in a sense. And so they just kind of were happening at the same time. So I had a different IG tag um, back then. Um, And then I like switched it. I was like, you know, I'm a a rock with this. This is what it's going to be from now on. And so, um, yeah, that was that. So
1: the tailoring path we're understanding but then you decided to create a brand, and that's TACT Bespoke DC. Yes, sir. And I found out that TACT is an acronym. Yes, it is. For the DAA yes, for clothing and tailoring.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, you definitely do your homework. I already knew you did, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't, you know, I, I actually don't. It was a double, I guess, double entendre in a sense. I felt like tact as a word. There are many reasons why I chose that. So one, I just always, again, going along the journey and knowing that I wanted to eventually step out of my own. After I got the education, the experience, I knew that I would want my own business because it was a very, I just felt like I had a unique perspective on it and what did I wanted to provide you know, to the world and my clients. So in thinking about a brand name, I always wanted it to have that Atelier vibe because my love for fashion has always been like luxury. Like I've always been enamored with like going back and studying Dior and, and his influence on Saint Laurent and, and Pierre Cardin and, and Cristobal Balenciaga. like really understanding why these houses are the way they are, how they operate, things like that. So And as well in the same with with bespoke. It's a very Atelier vibe. They just don't call it that. So that was like, oh, yeah, this is it. And then I was like, okay, what am I making? It was just a very literal, you know, acronym. And then also I looked up the word tact. And tact means to just have a, a very keen sense to know what's appropriate. And I feel like that's just a very gentleman thing to be. Like just to know what is appropriate. Or gentlewoman or however you identify I felt like that was a very, from an ethos perspective, um, it made a lot of sense. So it worked on both ends and I was like, now we're here, (laughs) we're gonna lock this in and this is it. So
1: talk us through the client experience if an individual wants to get a suit with you.
0: Yeah, so it's very personal. the role as a tailor is it's a service, but it's truly a relationship that you're providing. Um, and that's what I, that's what we focus on at, at Tech Bespoke. So basically the experience in, encompasses a client shows interest. We go through a dialogue. Once we reach a point where we're ready to have a consultation That consultation is very personable. So whether it be a suit or, again, like I said, just a regular, it might be a shirt, it might be bomber jackets and pants, whatever it may be. It's not just going through the design, it's just understanding the person as they are. A lot of the times the clients that I'm dealing with, they are business professionals or just, you know, public figures or whatever whatever it may be. So their lifestyle is very important to the clothing that is in their wardrobe. So it's really about diving into that process, understanding them so I can provide them with the best consult for my design wheelhouse and understanding of construction, and also the fact that I'm doing it all internally in-house, it's not going anywhere else. So it's very like everything that they're giving me, I'm trying to give back times 10. And that's the best way that I can um, summarize it. So we'll go through that consult, take fittings, we'll go through a few fittings, uh, fittings with the garment being made, depending on you know what the garment is. And after that, a uh, product is delivered. And I'm, I'm checking in on them to just see how everything's holding up, whether it was for an event. Again, it's relationship over time. Oftentimes, people are circling back because again, it's just when you want that unique thing, you know how it is when you're styling for people, you can't always find it in a shop. Sometimes you have to just get it made for you. And that's really the, the wheelhouse that we like to focus in. Every month when something important is going on, I send out my New York
1: Fashion Geek newsletter to my fellow geeks. It drops on Fridays and it offers a quick glimpse into the world of the fashion geek. I offer some tips and it's a nice, breezy read. To sign up, just head over to nyfashiongeek.com and fill out the welcome sheet. So, 8 to 10 weeks on average?
0: Yep, yep, yep. 8 to 10 weeks for the suits, yes, sir. 3 to 5 fittings? Yep. What would you consider the house style
1: of tack bespoke DC?
0: Very timeless. The right amount of modernity, but still very timeless. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of a suit where I can look at it and know when it was made. <laughs> mm. And so <laughs> that is like, and you and, and to be honest, you know, in our community, the people who know, they know they can look at a suit and tell, but when they see a bespoke product, they're like, I don't know when this was made. I just know they probably... They either already had it for decades or are going to have it for decades. I don't know quite when the commission was done, but, you know, that's that's what this is. This is the we're in the game of of timeless classic clothing, you know, classic menswear, like you said. So some of the details I can tell you are, as always, hand embellishments are, are super, super important to the to our house style. So, pick stitching around our lapels, double pick stitching around our lapels, surgeon hand finish buttonholes, one button closure, cutaway along the front is not too extreme, but not too conservative. It has a middle ground. I can't quite put a, a number on it. You just have to see it. Um, I love a peak lapel. But it just depends on the person. Uh, The lapel can change depending on the person and and the garment, whatever the the situation calls for. And as far as the fit, uh, fit is always precise. Try to always try to steer clients away from being too close to the body. We like to just have a, a trim fit through the waist Comfortable in the chest, um, trim it through the waist and the seat of the jacket, and then the same with the pants. Very clean through the pant leg. Um, somewhat higher on the waist, but not like the classic high waist trouser. Mm. And a little bit of, of trimness through the through the taper of the leg, kind of from the knee knee down to through the opening. So in words, that's the best way I, <laughs> I can describe the house style attack. Sure, sure.
1: How is it, particularly in light of everything that we've gone through with this one pandemic, <laughs> explain a virtual consultation for me, please?
0: Virtual consultations, yeah, it is it is difficult. For me, this is something I would like to integrate into the business. We're not quite there yet, but being able to fit virtually is definitely feasible and we'll grow into that. But truthfully at this stage, um, the virtual aspect is mostly just the, that consultation aspect for me. Um, whether it be, you know, a client calls, like a returning client may call me up and, uh, they might have some ideas and I might sketch some things up to them and and send it over to them. But at the end of the day, I still have to, come in, put that tape around and make sure they haven't been eating too much or losing too much weight, you know, (laughs) um, and and go through that fitting process after that. But I will say the virtual consultation is definitely going to change the game up and and I'm looking forward to see how the industry in general, um, adapts with that and, and how customers adapt with being more comfortable with that experience. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still kind of a hybrid for me at this stage. Mm.
1: You mentioned earlier, hey, before suit supply, DMV denizens just were not; they weren't rocking
0: suits. I won't say that they they rock suits. So, and we t- we said we would touch on this too, Reggie, Reginald. Sorry, so yeah, it's all it's all my name. The D.C. area is a government hub, right? So, and there's a lot, especially just in the city of just D.C. specifically. There's a lot of lawyers. Um, there's a lot of money moving around in D.C. <laughs> so, and there's a lot of people who still work in very classic culture industries like, you know, being in insurance, being in real estate, being a lawyer, you know, being in some form of consulting Um you know, all those those types of uh, professionals, they're definitely still wearing suits. The community for custom clothing is, is pretty niche. There's there's basically about a, a, ha- a nice handful of, of shops that have been around. Um, and, you know, we're all just kind of, you know, just fighting along, just establishing ourselves and our names um, people wear suits. I don't want to say they don't wear suits. But for the people who don't wear suits, if you, if you follow my drift, um, places like Suit Supply and Indochino, people are becoming much more organically aware of custom clothing. Because, in my personal fo- opinion, I feel like men used to be taught how to wear classic clothing from their fathers. And that's not as much as the kid or the grandfather or uncle or whatever it may be. Yeah. And it's not as much as the case anymore because of just the way the trend has, has swung uh, much more to just casualty, um due to work and just people want to be more comfortable. Fabrics are, you know, knit fabrics are, have progressed astronomically over, over the decades. So, um, you know, things have just cultures just changed um, as far as dress. So, like street culture is really heavy, and it is in the D.M.V. for my age group. Um, Before maybe like a more older established professional, they definitely either have a guy or they go to like a franchise shop um, where they go to. And there's a couple couple OGs that are that are still around in the D.C. area. I know my dad has one that he's been going to for years. When he was working, he's retired now, but. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it it depends on the person, you know. Yeah, no,
1: it totally totally makes sense. I guess my point is how do you spread the word? You're saying to me bespoke tailors in the DMV uh barely any. Oh, yeah, barely I am <laughs> one. So, how do you convey particularly the the link of quality Expense with a person who may or may not understand that. Particularly, like you said, suit supply Indochino gives a a first step for people 100%. in the educational process. But when someone looks at you and goes three G's, right. <laughs> Well, Which well, is a steal.
0: I, 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 don't,
1: <laughs> I don't understand. So how do you how do you convey it accurately and effectively to
0: you know to develop and to grow your clientele? Like I was saying earlier, and, and you just mentioned mentioned it, um, it's relationship and it's education. Those are the two main things. So one of the community of people i have around me or just pulling from my clientele as well they understand the direction of what i do because i've either educated them they already know or i've built the relationship over time to where that is established and that's really the main way because that's how the bespoke culture really has always existed he spoke is to be spoken for, so everything was a reference, and it was kind of, if you know, you know. And the people that knew, they either were already financially established due to their class level or were taught over time um, to have the appreciation for this craft and this quality of, of garment. And that's just something I oppose still today of course I'm using the internet as much as I possibly can <laughs> to to expedite that and expand reach. Um, but again, yeah, my, my avenue was always building the relationship, you know, taking people along the, the journey with me and, um, you know, educating them along the way.
1: So this is a good moment for a segue because we share something else in common, and it's not just clothing, and it's not just the boom bap. <laughs> you are now the host of a podcast. Yes, sir. Taylor's talk.
0: Yep. Break it down. Yep. So Taylor's talk. The the goal with Taylor's talk is to bring the audience into those behind the scenes conversations, I say consultation as conversations that tailors, but also practitioners in general would have um, to just bring those barriers down on, on many different things. Right now, we're, we're focused on tailoring. And like you said, um, this is a perfect segue because as I spoke about the relationship and the education and the journey, there aren't any podcasts hosted by tailors on the market right now that do that a lot of the tailors the houses that we love the henry pools the anderson and shepherds we know of them from a digital perspective due to publications not due to them tooting their own horn so to speak they let their work speak with them because they have hundreds of years they have the heritage etc etc but it's not like they have like louis vuitton marketing plans, you know what I mean? And their out, outreach, and it's really just the community boasting them up, um, which is great. But I feel like in this day and age, the the younger tailors that are emerging, the, the, the new age of tailors that are always emerging, we have the opportunity to capitalize on our voice um, and just you know speak and just let our thoughts be free and let people get to know us. Um, and that's really the goal of my platform is for people to get to know me, learn with me, um, give away free game, and um, also learn about that bespoke craft. And, and also, I like to be able to bolster people in my community um, that I can bring on and, and have them speak about what they do as well. So it's it's a, it's a few different niche perspectives on it, um, but I try to keep it multifaceted, but but that's the that's the lane we're in. And I'm loving it, man. The podcast, I like to talk to people. I really enjoy talking to people, especially going through those consultations. And I realize just like how much stuff people learn (laughs) when I'm just talking, like just aimlessly talking, not even really trying to like teach them anything specifically. They're just asking questions and I'm sharing. So that was like, man, let's just bottle this up and just give this away to people, and just let the people appreciate it. So that's what Taylor Talk is all about. How many episodes in are you? We're nine episodes in, pretty fresh. So it's a uh, weekly release. Um, so I, I started. How to put us at the November twenty twenty. So it's fun, man. It's fun writing the content. It's fun kind of being more strategic about it when I do solo episodes versus when I have guests on like yourself and things like that.
1: Yes. I'm waiting to be a guest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Next up, Reg. Next up for sure. That's going to be fun. Again, man, just like how we're having this conversation like you as, as a style consultant, being able to bring you on and my friends that are designers and different business owners, you know, there's so many, everybody has a voice and I just love to, Be able to share mine and be a conduit for others, you know.
1: Well, I'm happy to have you on, and this is going to be great that we can do a reciprocity through this medium. 100%. I found a tagline that I'd like you to elaborate on. Okay. (laughs) Find your passion and respect it with quality work. Mm. Wow, I
0: said that? You did. (laughs) <laughs> that's a gem. I might have to reuse that. Um, yeah, man, that's the, I couldn't encapsulate it better to be honest with you. That's really just how I, I live with my craft. I think one, it's a privilege to be able to find a passion because a lot of people aren't able to, or haven't had the the epiphany or the opportunity to reach that moment where they're like, wow, this is r- really drives me internally you know i'm really passionate about this but i think also with that we have to um just appreciate that and i I try to do that every day and and i guess that's what inspired me to to put that out there
1: i'm glad i jogged your memory (laughs)
0: Me too man. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm gonna have to, yeah, right. I have like a board I put up, you know, quotes from like other people every week. I might have to put myself on my own board. That's <laughs> <a great one. laughs> it. Is
1: like was that
0: was that
1: off the dope? No, no. <laughs> yeah, right. you, you said it's on the site. No. no
0: it must it have been. Go. You know how it is when you're writing too, man. That's how how I write. It's very it's very flow, you know, when you get in that flow where things just come out. Um, that's how I write, and that's how a lot of the uh, written content, whether it's on my social media pages or especially on the website, a lot of that stuff is just organically coming from how I truly intrinsically feel. So, um, yeah, that was that was great, <laughs> <laughs> Rashad.
1: Why is fashion important?
0: Fashion is important. I feel like style is really, truly important, but at the end of the day, it's to me, it's all about personal presentation and that's what drives me because I feel like how you dress yourself, the fashions you're in, your style, it allows you to non-verbally communicate how you're feeling the day, maybe how you identify with certain communities, your thoughts, Uh, your opinions, it's just a creative form of nonverbal communication, which I love. And that love is why I feel like it's so important and why I love to be able to be a conduit for that for other people.
1: What difference has fashion made in your life?
0: The proof is in the pudding for me, man. (laughs) Um, just being a young individual and being sharp, the way people receive you is always completely different. <laughs> um, even when I'm just in regular do- clothes, you know, regular, regular vibe, If I'm just in jeans and slacks. People always receive me based upon the energy I'm putting out, how I carry myself. But I feel like with the suits and just with what I wear, period... I'm always able to say it without having to say it, and that's what that's what I love about fashion. Also, just love how it feels about myself. Like I love just being able to just get up, put something on that really aligns with how I'm feeling that day, and just maybe do nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I might just run around a corner and get some groceries or something, and come home. But just feeling good in what I wear is great. It's something about it. I feel like it's a drug probably. <laughs> but um yeah, it's just something that just I've always had in me. And I can't really explain it. I don't know, Rich. maybe you can explain it, man. What, what about nah, fashion? No, 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 you. This is you.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: I'm asking you though, man. The reason why I say that is because and this is also probably why I have the podcast too. Because I like to find a uh, common alien and and consensuses with people, like a confluence, so to speak. Like I feel like the people that get it, you just get it. And if you don't, hopefully I hope you get it one day because it's a beautiful thing. Boom. That
1: you don't need my help. You just
0: <laughs> just dropped
1: another gem, brother. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. What's the top fashion
0: tip you would give the everyday man so he could look his best? find you and be you and that's all you really need there's a garment out there that will best present how you would like to be seen and you just have to find yourself in that garment and you'll be all good Wow. I know that's a very abstract yeah, statement. You, you
1: dropped another gem. <laughs> 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 I
0: mean, but that's really a, it. You're the absolute poetic of <laughs> right. That That's really... Um, and that's why I say style. As everybody always says, I think I had the quote right next to me. You see what I said? Uh, fashion phase, style is eternal. Style is eternal because it's in you. And as soon as you can find your style, you're good. That's why it's called a style consultant. When you have a great style consultant like a Reginald, and they're able to find that lane, help you find that lane if you can on your own with your style, it's not a, it, it you know it speaks for itself at the, at that point. Thank you, man. I, I yeah. appreciate that. For sure.
1: So, what does "always be fly"
0: mean to you? Mm, always be fly. Just always be on. I <laughs> can't always be fly. I mean, just like always be on, always be, I guess on your best, be on, be fly, be, be swaggy. You know what I mean? Be dapper, whatever that word, whatever the best word it means, be means to you. Um. Just be the best version of yourself. Also, I feel like, Style is, is in the clothes, but it's also definitely in how you carry yourself. And when you're fly, you're just moving, like, in your zone. You know what I mean? I'm, like, a big energy guy. So, like, when you're just in that zone, in that vibe, that's fly to me. And it's powerful. Dapper Dan has a quote. He says, uh, man, I'm going to mess it up because I don't have it quite memorized. But basically, he was like, being fly is power and being powers and being powerful is being fly or something along that lines. Um, and I feel like that's so true because he's like pulling on that abstract, you know, thought of like, you know, just being fly is just like being the most powerful version of yourself in a sense. Um, and I think that's what being fly is all about, man. Have you read his book? He is a, that uh, memoir is really good. I have it. I have not read it. It's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. Oh, I know. I that's why list. I have it. <laughs> oh, you said you have it, but I you have, it. have not. Yes. Got you. yes.
1: I have it, <laughs> but I have not read it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, it's in there. You'll, when you see it, you'll be like, ah, that's what he's talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, He's
1: one of my heroes. So for you to yeah. use that, you're just trying to get on my good side.
0: <laughs> oh, he's a hero for me too, man. Shout out to Dapper Dan, man. It was he was a name even as a kid, like before, you know, even being a teenager, like I just was always taught of like what it was, you know. And this is why I love rap too. It just it coincides with everything so perfectly. I was raised on old school. I've just like a very old soul. And I was raised on, like, Eric being and Rakim and, um, you know, just, like, classic rap, classic 70s soul, you know, neo soul in the 90s, stuff like that. But, you know, specifically with rap, like, Dap was dressing all those guys. So, um, shout out to my mom's Like, she always made sure I knew who Dap was. Like, we used to have, um... Follow the leader, Eric being and Rakim Vinyls in the crib. Oh, that cover. And I was like, yeah, I yeah know the man. Iconic, cover. I know the bro. cover,
1: bro. It's I got iconic, a T-shirt
0: bro. of that yeah. album cover, son. Exactly. So I got it down. The vinyl's garbage, but I was like, I'm keeping this sleeve. <laughs> like, I have it at the crib. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, we had a flood. It's all good, though. <laughs> but um, the cover is iconic for so many reasons, but specifically you know, Dapper Dan's piece for Eric B. and Rakim is immortalized on that cover. And being a kid, you know, knowing that it's like, you know, when you turn on the radio and they play in the old schools, like, that's one of the ones they play is Eric B. and Rakim paid in full. So she always told me, like, that's Dapper Dan, that's Dapper Dan. I would be like 9, 10, like, okay, cool. And I just knew who he was. Um, And then unfortunately, like, you know, they had to cease and desist in the 90s, but it's great that he's able to, like, get his flowers now, um, and be back in the limelight. And, um, his career path just greatly aligns with, you know, and inspires me, him being, um, him just like doing his due diligence, like having the taste, you know, for the culture, um, synthesizing it into garments. And also just like him being a practitioner, like him being a tailor and knowing how to construct things and running a Atelier, man. He had a 24-7 Atelier in Harlem. Like, that's nothing to um, hang your head at. So, yeah, that's why I say shout-out to Dapper Dan.
1: I just love a young schooler referencing the old school with the Dapper Dan mic drop.
0: Yeah, you got to (laughs) know. Garvey has a quote. (laughs) I'm big on quotes. Marcus Garvey has a quote. He says... um, people, they cannot know their future if they don't know their history. That's a subphrase, a paraphrase. And I feel like that's true. Obviously, you have to innovate every day. I think that's what the youth does in in any era. We always are innovating and being progressive. But there's power in knowing knowing your history, man. No doubt. That's why you're the Afro Taylor. A (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent.
1: Rashad makes me feel proud. Because he represents the next generation of tailors It's a humble profession that doesn't have enough young people Willing to carry the torch Listening to this young guy speak I feel the craft Is in very good hands Check out Rashad's podcast Tailors Talk On your favorite network You can catch the Christian Dior exhibit At the Brooklyn Museum of Art And pick up Dapper Dan's Made in Harlem Wherever fine books are sold Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun and are down for another one. Please tell a friend who could use some fashion help about the podcast or share an episode with them directly. If you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, if you constantly struggle putting an outfit together and are looking to turn that confusion into confidence, I'd love to talk about how we can improve the Check me out at nyfashiongeek.com and email me at reg at nyfashiongeek.com for a consultation. A special shout goes to our producer, search and everyone down with the Fashion Geek podcast. If you have a story suggestion, you can email me at podcast at nyfashiongeek.com or hit me up on the Insta at New York Fashion Geek. And remember, always be fly.